and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast. This is the podcast for ideas, tips, and strategies to help elementary children thrive with literacy. This is episode 32, and it is the last episode for 2023. It is amazing that this year is already coming to an end. And this episode is airing right before the end of the year. I actually don't get too into setting New Year's goals at this time of the year. I do my yearly planning in August so that I can begin in September when the new academic year begins. So for me, January is just a continuation of the yearly goals that I set starting in September. I do make plans and set specific goals for the spring semester, which begins in January and goes through May. It ends for me at Memorial Day. That's a nice buffer, nice end mark. And then the summer months begin in June. So in order for me to set some spring semester goals, I spent some time reflecting on my teaching from this past fall. I think December is a great time to reflect on your teaching and identify the areas that are going well as well as a few things that you would like to change in the new year once the kids come back to school. I actually did this reflection exercise with my students at the end of the semester, and both groups did such an awesome job identifying areas that were going well and then deciding on a few things that they would like to change. It was so great to see them identify areas that they wanted to change and that these changes did not require any major overhauls but instead they were small tweaks that they could easily make and they felt that these tweaks would better support their students. They even put plans together so that the goals didn't just sit on a piece of paper, but they had an action plan ready to implement in the new year. So I'm gonna take you through a guided reflection for this episode to think about your literacy instruction. I broke it down into five areas, reading instruction, books, writing, speaking, and listening. So for each of these areas, I have some scaffold, some questions that I've scaffolded so that you can think about different aspects of this area of literacy instruction and just think about what's going well and what, if anything, you would like to change. I included a bunch of questions. You don't have to answer all of them, but just to spark some ideas as you're thinking about your literacy teaching from the fall. All right, let's dive right in. So the first area to consider is your reading instruction. And I have some questions to think about. So first, how do you feel about your phonological awareness instruction? Do you feel that the students are learning to understand the sounds that the letters and letter combinations make? What about your phonics instruction? Are you able to support kids with instruction as they learn to decode words? What are you teaching so that students are being supported with comprehension? 
As literacy teachers, we want to make sure that we're teaching both phonics and comprehension. Do you feel that you're doing that in your teaching or are you more focused on one area than the other? Some other questions that I have include, are the students engaged during your literacy instruction? So as you look out at the students during your lessons, do you see them excited to do the work or are they doing other things? So I'll add a little story here. When I was writing my dissertation, I did my dissertation research in a second grade classroom in a bilingual French English school. And there was a second grader who I was observing and he was always drawing during reading and writing instruction. During reading instruction, he told me that he did not like the books that he had to read. So he just did not read them. And I always think of this student as I'm thinking about my own teaching. So thinking about your students, do you see any students engaged in similar behaviors while you're trying to teach reading? Okay. Another question to consider, what skills and strategies have you taught your students so far? Do the students need support with these skills and strategies, or do you need to move on to address others? What does your independent reading time look like? We know that in order to become stronger readers, kids need time to read, but this time needs to be structured so that it's productive. Did you teach a lesson before the students went off to read independently so that they're practicing the skill that you just taught? All right. Another question for reading instruction. What read-alouds you, have you planned and implemented? And how often are you reading aloud to, to your students? So earlier this year, I spoke with Molly Ness about her book, Read-Alouds for All Learners. And she really encouraged teachers of all grade levels and also parents to share their thinking with students when reading aloud. So you may want to think about how often you're talking through your thinking when you're reading aloud to your students. All right. The last area to consider is the student groupings when you're teaching reading. How often are you teaching whole class lessons? What about small groups of students? How often do you pull students into groups? How is this working for you and your students? Do you need to make any changes to your groupings? All right. I hope those questions were helpful as you think through your reading instruction. The next area I have for you to consider are the books that you're using with your students. So also in a previous episode, I spoke with Jennifer McCartney Plunker, and she addressed the importance of immersing students in books and giving them choice in what they are reading. And I was speaking to one of my students last night who is going to be working with middle or high school students in the literacy clinic that I run in the spring semester. And she was saying that this is one of her goals, is she really wants to expose the students that she's working with to many different types of books so that they have an idea of what's out there. So I have some questions for you to consider about the types of books you're using with your students. So the first one is, how often are you helping students find books? that they would enjoy reading. I have a very specific strategy and I really like this. Look at the names of the students in your class. As you're looking at the names, think to yourself, are they reading something that they enjoy? If you're not sure and you can't say yes, maybe you can have a conversation with the student or students about what he or she would really like to read. And then you can provide some guidance if it's needed or necessary. 
looking at the books you're using with students. Are the students engaged with those books? Are they challenging enough for the kids, both in terms of the content and in terms of the level? Are they from a diverse range of genres and authors? So these are just some questions to consider as you're looking at the books that you've used with the students and also what the students are reading independently while they're with you. All right. The next item on the list is writing. The first question I have for you is what writing are the students doing? Or you could even ask what writing have the students done this past fall? Are the students engaged when they're writing? Think about how you are teaching writing. Are you giving students prompts to respond to? Are you teaching students to select their own writing topics? Maybe you're doing a combination of both. Some other questions to think about include, are you going through the writing process with the students? So are you teaching them to brainstorm ideas and then select one? Then are you teaching them to draft their ideas? Once they have a draft, are you teaching them how to revise and then edit their work? All right, this is a big question to consider. Are the students sharing their writing with each other? We get so many wonderful ideas from hearing about other people's writing and also sharing our own writing with other people. Are you teaching the students to share their work and also giving them the time for this sharing? Are you giving students feedback? I also encourage you to think about what type of feedback you're giving or when you look at the students' writing. Are you only correcting their grammar and punctuation? Or are you giving them feedback on the content of their writing pieces? The last thing to consider is how are you conferring or meeting with students to discuss their writing? Are you meeting with students individually? Or is it more effective to meet with students in small groups to give them feedback? All right. The fourth area to consider is speaking. Are you giving your students the opportunity to speak with each other about their reading and writing work? So human beings are social creatures and kids, just like adults, love to talk to each other. And you can really capitalize this and get them talking to each other about their reading and writing work. This can even motivate them to want to read other genres or other authors. They might want to read a particular book because a friend's reading that. So think about the opportunities that the kids have to speak to each other. Then you can take this one step further. Think about when you have the students speak with one another. What does this look like? How long do they have to speak with each other? Do they have enough time to share and give feedback to one another? All right. And the last area of literacy instruction to consider is listening. So first, are you listening to the students? when you speak with them about their reading and writing. And again, you can take this a step further. What are the students telling you? Are they happy with what they're reading? Are they frustrated? Are they challenged? And based on what they're telling you, are you able to make any modifications to your teaching so that you can better support the students? Okay, so we just went through the categories, reading, books, writing, speaking, and listening. Now that we've gone through these areas, consider what is going well in each of these categories. I like writing down what's going well, and I like to keep this in a spot that I can see it so that if I'm ever feeling frustrated or 
thinking that things are not going so well, I have a list to remind me that, yeah, there actually are some things that are going well, which is great. After that, think about a few. And by a few, I mean one to three areas that you would like to make changes to in the new year. So for example, maybe you realized after going through this reflection that you don't pull students into small groups enough. This was one area that many of my students noticed they wanted to make changes to. They wanted to pull students for more small group instruction. So if this is something that you might want to work on, think about, is there a time in the day where you could meet with students in small groups? You can also think about what the other students in the class will be doing during this time. So is it possible to make this shift in the new year? So these do not need to be big changes. They can be small tweaks to your instruction to better support your students. Now, after you've identified a few changes, put a plan together. And again, this does not need to take a lot of time. So take the small group example. If you plan to implement small groups more often, write down some bullet points of the steps you would need to take to make this change possible. So one of my students decided that in order for her to pull small groups, she had to do it first thing in the morning. So that was her change. She was going to make this change first thing in the morning and the other students would be working on morning work while she was pulling small groups. And I really find that when there's a plan, when I have a plan and I put a plan together, I'm so much more likely to make that change. So I highly recommend that you don't skip this step. All right. I hope this reflection activity was helpful and helped you think about your own teaching, celebrate what is going well and has been going well for you and for your students, and also to identify a few places that you would love to strengthen in the new year. There is still so much time left during the school year. We have from January until May or June, depending on where you live. And I always find that taking the time to think through my teaching and how it's going allows me to continue to do the work that is helping my students and also make those adjustments to improve areas that need to be changed. All right. So I'm going to end on a positive note because this is the last episode of 2023. So the first thing, I have spoken about this on the podcast before, but something that's been going really well for me with my own kids are holiday book baskets. So for each holiday, I have Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and Easter. I even have a couple Groundhog's Day books. I put out a basket of holiday books for my kids before these holidays, and they only come out right before the holiday season. And it's amazing how much my two daughters love seeing these books. They're both able to read on their own now, which is great. And they're able to select a book and read it from the holiday bin. So it's been nice that they've been able to do that on their own. But it's also been nice to read some of these with them. And again, they only come out once a year. So it is special and it does keep them motivated to read. So I highly recommend that. And the next thing that I want to shed light on are my students. I want to give a huge shout out to my awesome students that I had this past fall semester. This was a particularly challenging semester for me, and my students have been so amazing. 
They did a great job applying what they were learning in both classes into their teaching, and they really took the time to consider how they could best support their students. And they shared this in class, which was amazing, and it was wonderful to see the work that they're doing. It's been such a joy to watch them this semester, and I'm really looking forward to a great spring semester with both of these groups. I feel so fortunate to be working with such amazing and dedicated teachers. Just wanted to give them the praise that they deserve. Okay, that's it for this episode and for the year. So I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means so much to me. And I'm really excited for what's to come in 2024. I want to wish you all a very happy and healthy start to 2024. And I hope this reflection activity that I shared was helpful and gave you the opportunity to think about your own literacy instruction, both what's going well and what you might want to modify. I'll be back in two weeks. So until next time, wishing you a very happy new year and happy reading. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.